Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here this morning. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results and headlines from the week that was before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, we are back to our regular scheduled programming as we are right in the thick of playoff sports. We're ramping up for another golf major as well. And not only that, but we had a draft lottery last night that we got to chat about and a major coaching move in the NBA to be discussed as well. So we don't want to take up more of your time. We want to get right into the show. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. So let's recap the last couple of days of betting place. Hasn't been too, too bad for us. Um, Monday, we are a little bit cold on that day. Unfortunately, we had a couple of games that were very tight that didn't go our way, including uh, that Padres one. Wasn't close on the Padres player prop, though. We had Michael Walker under four and a half Ks, and he had a no-hitter going for quite a few innings, so that one didn't end well. I think he was close to double-digit strikeouts as well. Last night, though, cleaned things up, 3-1 and one day overall. Uh, Jamal Murray pulled through with his over 35.5 points, rebounds, assists, as did Denver first half, minus two, and then also both teams to score didn't happen in the Champions League. Now, let's chat about that Nuggets and Lakers game. Nuggets go up one to nothing in the series. They win 132 to 126. Now, Denver just bull rushed them from the start. And I it's what I was expecting. It's why I hopped on that first half minus two. Uh, Jokic had 10 rebounds in the first quarter. He was absolutely special early on in that game. And the Lakers really didn't have an answer for them. Uh, then Jamal Murray, he heated up late in the second quarter. And then second half, the Lakers did make a run at it, especially in the fourth quarter. They drove it down all the way to a one-possession game at one point. But the Nuggets are able to hold on and pull it out. Uh, Jokic with the triple-double in the game, 32-21-14, and one of his best performances that you'll see him have. Now, Anthony Davis was great yesterday. He had 40-10. and LeBron had 26-12-9, and and Reeves had 23. But I still don't think the Lakers are out of this series. All you have to do is steal one on the road. That's easier said than done. The Nuggets have yet to lose at home during this playoff run, but still looking forward to the rest of the series, especially as a Laker fan. Excited to see my team in there. 
one thing to do a bit of a self-promotion for Ernest Silva. Going to be on ITL tonight. He's back after a month away, so definitely don't want to miss that tonight. Now, let's chat about the Champions League because we already have one finalist confirmed, that being Inter Milan. They won 1-0 yesterday to advance to that final. They're up 2-0 on aggregate. We talked about it yesterday morning, how we felt this was going to be a 1-0, potentially a 2-0 game for Inter winning this one. And the both teams to score being no was pretty pretty easy. I mean, it was nil-nil at halftime, couple of couple of chances, nothing really too crazy, but Inter added a goal in the second half through Martinez, and so they're going to advance Milan. They had a ton of possession, just no shots to show for it. They're outshot 15-5 in the game overall, and so now Inter is going to await the winner of Real Madrid and Manchester City today, whereas AC Milan, after a tough year in Syria as well, Looks like they're going to be heading the Europa route as well. Now, we got to talk about other news. The main one being that Doc Rivers has been fired by the Philadelphia 76ers. And if you're a regular listener of this show, you know that I'm not a Doc Rivers fan at all. Um, I think that he got ahead of his time when he was in Boston, was very fortunate to have the first big three. And when he's had the superior talent, Doc has no issues winning series winning uh, conferences even winning his lone championship in his career but ever since 2008 I can't really point to a series where I've looked at a Doc Rivers roster and felt like wow they weren't the better team but Doc's coaching was able to take them over to the top and so when he signed in Philly I didn't expect anything different I figured the process was gonna stall out that's where we're at here today Philly had a three to two series lead wasn't able to convert it and so now they find themselves on the couch. And so what blows my mind about this entire thing is I read a tweet yesterday. It was from Aiden Laporta, and this is what it said. The Sixers' search for a new coach is expected to include Mike Budenholzer, Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, and Monty Williams. So all of those coaches outside of Doc Rivers, or outside of Sam Cassell, have Doc Rivers syndrome. I mean, they're good coaches, but recently have not gotten over the hump. You could say that about guys like Nick Nurse. Now, I do think that Nurse hasn't had the best roster in Toronto the last couple of years. Monty Williams, not able to get over the hump. Mike Budenholzer, since winning that championship, hasn't been able to deliver. And then Frank Bogle with his time with the Lakers. So Mike D'Antoni's never gotten over the hump in his career. So I look at that coaching list and I get it. You want to have an experienced coach coming in when you're talking about a roster like Philadelphia's, but I can't believe that this is the list of coaches that they've put together. If it's Sam Cassell, I'll be thrilled. I think that's that would be a great move. He's been a great assistant for a long time, has the potential there in Philly to deliver. But if you're just going to go the route of, well, this guy hasn't gotten over the hump, so we're going to bring in another guy that hasn't gotten over the hump, then I don't know what to tell you. They're going to have a very interesting summer deciding what's happening with James Harden. He's very much been linked to going back to Houston and maybe not signing back with Philly. A lot of this dates back to the terrible contracts that they had with Al Horford, who ultimately sent them packing in the playoffs, and then Tobias Harris with the worst max contract in the entire league. So Philadelphia is going to have to make some tough decisions this summer. And Bede doesn't have a shelf life of a guy that's going to play into his late 30s. It feels like his prime, he's got another five years, I would say, at max of playing at this high level, given his injury history. So they're going to need to make decisions fast, and it's likely going to be around Maxi and Embiid. 
And then if you're a San Antonio Spurs fan, you got to be absolutely elated after yesterday uh, because you won the draft lottery. You win the Wemby sweepstakes. And so it looks like Victor Wembanyama is going to be heading there at uh, number one. Now, Charlotte picked up the second pick yesterday. That's going to be an intriguing one to keep an eye on because Scoot Henderson for a lot of the year was the consensus number two in this draft. But Brandon Miller, despite some of the off-court issues, has put his name up there as a potential number two pick as well. And when you're looking at Charlotte, this feels like a better fit for them, drafting a guy like Brandon Miller. And so if they do decide to go the Miller route, what do you think is going to happen with Portland? Because then you have Scoot Henderson falling in your lap, which that's the one position that Portland set at with Damian Lillard. Is it finally time to move on from Lillard, start to do their rebuild? They would get the haul of the century if they dumped Lillard now. But I've been thinking for the last two or three years that they should have dumped Lillard and they haven't done it. Especially once they ditched CJ McCollum, it felt like, well, you got to go into a full rebuild and they just haven't done it yet. So I do think that the draft, it is going to be pretty deep. You can go seven or eight guys. Um, A lot of raw potential after that. A lot of older guys as well. Um, The Mavs kept their pick yesterday, uh, getting number 10. And in Chicago, they had to give up their pick to Orlando. Biggest losers yesterday have to be Pistons and Houston fans. I still think they're both going to get good players at four and five. But when you had that consensus top three, felt like that was the spot that you wanted to be. And unfortunately, they're not going to end up there. So with that, let's head over to the daily game slate. Let's chat about the games that are going to be happening today. We've even got our golf preview for the PGA Championship. And so before we do, let's play the video. All right, so let's look at that PGA Championship 2023 edition. Going to be taking place at Oak Hill. Still feels odd to me to see the PGA Championship in May. So used to this one being in August, but they've slotted it in now in May. And so the defending champion is Justin Thomas. Last winner at this course, Oak Hill in New York, was Jason Duffner. And prior to that, it was Sean McKeel in 2003. Now, the PGA Championship is one where you see a lot of kind of random guys win a major. And especially at this course, I just mentioned Duffner and McKeel. They didn't do a lot in their careers, Duffner more so than McKeel, but didn't do a lot in their careers after they won this major. So favorites coming in, you got John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. Not great if you want to bet on them, given that they're plus 700 and plus 750. Don't see a lot of value there. The next three favorites are Rory, Xander, and Cantley. I can't for the life of me figure out why you'd want to bet on any of those guys. Xander and Cantley haven't won a major, but I wouldn't consider them random guys. They're still playing at a high level. And Rory hasn't been playing great the last couple of months, so I wouldn't even consider him either. So let's look at it from a betting perspective. I'm looking value-wise, looking for a bit of a random winner. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put 0.25 units on a winner as well as 0.5 on a top five finish. And the reason why I'm doing that this time around, saw what happened with Brooks Koepka at the Masters. He had the lead, unfortunately faded late. And so I want to make sure that if we do have a guy that's in contention, if he finishes top five, then we're still going to see some profit. So let's start with Dustin Johnson at plus 2,700. Uh, Really like him coming off that live victory last week. This would be the third leg of the slam for him if he's able to pull through and win. 
So I like 27 to 1. And then plus 560, we're putting a half unit on that for a top five finish because I think DJ is due for a big performance here. Cameron Young, he is my other one, 29 to 1. Three top seven finishes in his last four times out on tour. He does have limited major experience, but he definitely has the length to take advantage of this course from tee to green. And so I'm also going to play the top five at plus 600. Now, top 10 wise, there is one guy that I'm always going to lean on in these majors because he always seems to deliver. Colin Morikawa, going to put a full unit on this one. Former winner of this major just a couple years ago. And so at plus 290, I'm going to put a full unit on him to finish top 10. And then two top 20 finishers as well. I'm going to start with Brooks Kepka at plus 100. Full unit here. Just he lives for the majors. Uh, and he's healthy and playing at a high level. We saw that at the Masters. And he's been playing relatively well on live as well. And then my favorite play of the event. This is a one and a half unit play. I'm going to play Cameron Smith at plus 139 for one and a half units. So that's our PGA Championship preview. Now, if we're looking ahead to conference finals, as far as series value goes, games don't start for a couple of days. Uh, I believe it's actually tomorrow that they start. But Florida and Carolina, Carolina's minus 136, Florida at plus 115. I'm going to go the Carolina route if I was looking at value for this series. Uh, I just don't know how much gas Florida has left. I will say the Canes offense has been incredible throughout this run. The question will be, can they beat Bobrovsky? Because Boston couldn't figure him out at times. Neither could Toronto. And I think they have the better goaltender in this series the way that he's playing. So I would go Carolina if you are betting on this series. And then Dallas at plus 120 versus Vegas at minus 141. You know we're sitting on that Dallas ticket at 25 to 1. I've even gone and added a little bit of additional value. I bet Jake Ottinger to win the Con Smythe at 12 to 1 yesterday. And so I like Dallas uh, strictly because they're my cup winning team that I predicted. I also think that Vegas, just because they beat up a banged up Winnipeg team and an Oilers team that doesn't have great goaltending, doesn't mean that I think that they're going to go on and win the cup by any stretch. I think Dallas beat a pretty solid Minnesota team and a Seattle team that knocked out the cup champs, albeit a, a banged up cup champs. But I really do like this spot for Dallas to advance. Champions League-wise, we've got Manchester City. This line has moved quite a bit to minus 165 versus Real Madrid at plus 400. Got it yesterday at minus 149. So if you can creep in under that minus 150, then I think there's certainly value in the money line here. But City earned the road draw that they needed. They got an away goal as well as they make their latest push for the treble. Only trophy potential left for Madrid is this one. So traveling to City, this is going to be a very tough spot for them. I wish this line uh, made playing City possible for the people that are listening this morning. Obviously, as I said, I got it yesterday at a better value, but spread value, I don't see a lot here. I do think that with Holland up front, there is the potential for plenty of goals. If you could find an over two and a half that has some value, maybe look at that. But I really like City today as they take on Madrid. NBA-wise, we got game one of Miami and Boston. Boston's minus eight and a half. And for me, this line, I really hated where it's at. And I do think that Miami has the potential to upset, but I also think that Miami has the potential to lose by 25 in this game. Uh, Boston riding very high after that Philadelphia game. Tatum dropped 51 in that game as well. Jalen Brown playing at a really high level. And so the Heat have had a little bit more of a break, which to me could go either way. They could come out flat or they could come out rested. 
And so the total being at 210.5 as well seems a bit high, uh, but I definitely can't bet an under here either. We do have a play for this game that you'll hear in a couple minutes' time. And then to cap it off, we got the MLB happening today. A lot of games happening as always, but there is a couple of interests that I think you should keep an eye on. Starting with the Pirates and the Tigers, you got Rich Hill and Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound. Over underline is sitting at seven and a half right now, which is a bit of a concern with Rodriguez going. I understand the seven and a half, but this is where I think for the first time and maybe the last time all year, I would play the Detroit Tigers team total over here. Rich Hill's been okay to start the season. And so when I saw over three and a half at minus 145, I do think that the Tigers have the potential at home to uh, get to Hill pretty early and his 4.38 ERA. So I do like Detroit's team total. And then you got the Brewers and the Cardinals. Minus 125 is what Milwaukee is on the road. Got Burns and Wainwright going. And neither have been special to start the year. I will say these are guys that have delivered year in, year out for the last few. But when I see 7.5 on this over-under line, I do think that there could be some potential value to bet the over here. Uh, Hoping that one of those guys still hasn't quite figured it out early in the year. Each team is in the top half of the MLB in runs per game as well, so they don't have issues scoring runs, which is why I like the over. So with that, let's head over to our last call pick segment. This is sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery, which is a family-owned and operated company located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain, and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their dill pickle vodka. My wife loves that in her Caesars, as well as coconut vodka and sweet tea vodka as well. That sweet tea goes really well with iced tea in the summertime. Great summer drink. And we appreciate Last Mountain Distillery for sponsoring the show. Always support local. So with that, we got three plays for you here today. And we got an early player prop as well. So let's start out with our first play of the day. Manchester City money line minus 149 for one and a half units. Favorite play of the day. This team just feels destined to finally get it done in the Champions League. They have been heavy favorites to win this trophy since the very beginning. And the meltdown last year is it may still be haunting them. But I think when you add a guy like Holland that they did this year, he's a serious difference maker up front. And so shop around for this line. Hopefully it dips some more. Uh, I've seen it as high as minus 175 in some places as well. So getting it at one minus 149, feel really good about it. And so City Moneyline is my favorite play. I also like the Reds team total over five and a half versus the Rockies at minus 120. Anytime you play in Colorado, you know the balls are going to soar. It also tends to soar when Gomber's on the mound for the Rockies. He has not been great this year with his 6.3 ERA. You got to play the Reds team total on the road, expecting them to have over a half dozen today. Think that this is a great spot for an over, so take the Reds team total. And then to cap it off, I'm going to play the Celtics first quarter team total over 27 and a half at minus 134. Now, depending on your book, I've seen a lot of 28 and a half. Now, when Boston has missed this total in the playoffs, because they've gone over a lot, They've actually landed on 28 quite a few times. So I bought the point to get it down to 27 and a half. All their matchups against Miami this year, they've had 30, 38, 30. And then the one time they missed, they had 27. So they typically start strong against Miami. I think that's going to be the case here. Riding strong after game seven in Philly. 
And so I think they keep it rolling here. Favorite player prop as well, the early one of the day. Kyle Lowry over one and a half threes made. Full unit at minus 139. Uh, game one versus the Knicks, he was really good. He went over in four of those six games. He's starting to have a real impact in this playoffs for Miami. He also went over this line in two of the three games he played versus Boston this year. So I just think it's a good spot for Lowry to get out to a good start in this series. They may not win this game. I still think Boston's going to pull through, but I think they're going to get a good contribution from Lowry off the bench. Now, keep an eye on all of our social media platforms for potential player props later in the day. We're going to see if there's any out there, maybe some MLB ones that we like. But really appreciate everyone who tuned into the show today and tune in every day, quite frankly. And we'll see you guys on Friday for the Competitive Hedge podcast.